Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Hey, everybody, the show is, yeah, it's a few days later than normal because, like I said last week, I was in Hawaii enjoying a full-on vacation where I completely disconnected. I didn't post or look at social media. I basically just chilled out. I got a surf. I got a snorkel. I got a hike. I got a swim, and I got to scuba dive. I scuba dived for the very first time, which is crazy in itself because it just so happened that maybe a day or two before I left, Apple Watch Ultra finally received the ability with not only through a software update uh, with watchOS 9.1, but also Oceanic Plus, their app for scuba diving, was just released as well. So I finally got to put that to the test. Um, it was incredible. And Hawaii, you know, it's hard. I'm not here to tell people like we all work really hard, but I was just grinding and I needed that break. And man, it was so good for the soul. But the whole scuba diving experience was really incredible. And then using the actual Oceanic Plus app, I think what people don't really know about, and because it's always been advertised, is yes, it does work in scuba diving. And to be honest, it's not going to replace every, like a professional, you know, a fully certified paddy scuba diving, uh, what do they call Dive masters. I think they, they could use the Apple Watch Ultra with a combination of other things because it can't measure your PSI, how much air you have in your tank, um, and other, you know, kind of physical indicators that they like to use. Also, I did find that turning the Apple Watch, uh, the the dial, with bare hands, you can kind of do it, but I think it would be really a lot tougher with gloves, especially underwater, if you're scuba diving in colder environments, and I only went 52 feet down. I mean, I don't want to top make this podcast about scuba diving, but it was an incredible experience. The physics of it, how you move that deep were unreal, and I almost didn't even get in because I, I couldn't pass the skills test on the first dive. <laughs> so it was I kept breathing a little out of my nose. And when you're deep down, you can't do that. And so the thing is that I kind of just told myself, okay, pretend you don't have a nose. And I snorkel and I surf and I swim, but it's a little different. It was kind of, you know, it was a little overwhelming with all the gear and stuff. And finally on the second dive, I did it. I went under. It was incredible. And it was like, it was amazing. It was unlike anything else. It was also kind of daunting I wasn't scared per se, but the idea of thinking, oh, if something went wrong, like you're really, this is not your world. You're you're in a completely different world. And so it was great. Anyways, what am I trying to get to is that I know I've been teasing it for a long time, but because they did the update, I was finally able to do everything possible that you can do with the Apple Watch Ultra. I have so much footage from the trip. It wasn't like I was working. I just happened to be capturing video while I was doing the activity because I really wanted to be in the moment. There were some things that I didn't capture because I didn't want to. I just enjoyed being in Hawaii. So it was is incredible. Anyways, thank you to all of you who support the show because you're the reason why I'm, quite honestly, I'm in a way able to at least take a week off and do that. But we got so much coming. 
The video, I'm assuming, will be it'll take me probably around four or five days to cut this thing because it is a beast. But it, I don't, I don't think there's any Apple Watch Ultra view, even though it's coming around what two and a half, two and a half months after the actual product release. There's no review that's going to be able to cover everything that I was able to do and cover. So hopefully, you know, you all enjoy. It. But yes, I know <laughs> it's still coming soon. All right, we want to take care of some orders of business. This show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content, the podcast, my videos. It starts at $2 per month. $5 is like a cup of coffee. You got the 10, the 25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. I would not be able to do any of this without you all um, consistently kind of creating this backbone for me. It also gives you early access to my content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of this podcast. You don't hear a single ad. You will never hear this ramble ever again when you subscribe to patreon.com slash Brian Tong. So thanks all for the support. Also, this show is all about you as well. So if you want to be a part of it, all you got to do is send in a voice memo recording, record it on your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever platform, iPhone, Android, or I should say iOS, Android, Windows, Mac OS, Linux, <laughs> anything. Can you? Okay, this sounds really dumb. Someone's going to hit... Is there a voice memo? I get No, I don't know if there's voice memo for a Linux computer. Someone's going to punch me in the face if there is. Anyways, however you want to do it, send it along to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebitsshow with a Z at gmail.com, and we'll throw in your voice memos. Okay, so let's get into the big news this week. And quite honestly, it was probably a really good week to be gone because not much happened, but then finally... Something Worthwhile just dropped because Mark Gurman from Bloomberg just released a really in-depth story about how Apple is changing directions once again with their self-driving car, with this whole idea of an Apple car. Uh, we've heard so many stories. I think the last, the last rumblings we heard was that Apple was trying to make a self-driving car without a steering wheel and without pedals, and they were targeting 20 25. Well, that is now completely changed. They have uh, changed directions, or they're making a shift, or they're turning a new corner. Let's, let's stop while we're ahead. So this fully autonomous system, this car that they had planned for their initial debut, is no, is no longer going to be this no steering wheel, no pedal plan. Now, a new kind of refined model that is more realistic with what is possible with the technology that is out there right now is planned to be a consumer model Apple car by 2026 for under $100,000. This will not be a full self-driving car with no steering wheel, with no pedals. This this whole like kind of ambitious idea that they had, which sounded cool, which kind of sounded more like a chauffeur type car. Uh, Apple's decided, hey, let's be realistic about this and scaled back their ambitions and also postponed the potential Apple car target launch by about a year to 2026, according to sources and according to the article from Mark Gurman. Now, this project has always been dubbed Project Titan inside of Apple. And again, the idea of this dream car, what, you know, what can we do different? 
well, they did have a vision to do something different, but it just wasn't feasible with the current technology. So again, they're now <laughs> shifting gears and will only support full autonomous capabilities on highways based on what the sources are saying, but only on highways. So that kind of reiterates how challenging this has been for Apple to try and push into this new category. I mean, we've heard about the Apple car, I think now I feel like for five years. I mean, when I was at that other place, I said one of the spaces that Apple could really do something different would be the Apple car. And that might've been 10 years ago. And I knew it wasn't going to come in five years at the time when I said it. But if there's any type of product that Apple could really just tech out and hook into their ecosystem and be unique and take that level of design that they're known for, the Apple car would be one of those projects. So although, yeah, sure, it's secretive, everyone has known a lot about what has been happening behind the scenes. And this would really, to me, be a moment to be to show what what is Apple really capable of doing? Or maybe what is Apple not capable of doing? Because if they can pull off an actual car successfully, you know, we, we, we talk about an iPod, an iPhone, a computer. Uh, th- that, those are different products compared to an actual car. And also putting themselves into a whole new vertical and a new industry where they are truly a new player. We've seen how other companies have fared and Apple does have the resources to play this long game and to develop this out as long as possible. But it remains to be seen, even to this day, even five years from when we first started hearing rumors of any type of car system, if Apple's going to be able to do it. So this change and shift, you know, Apple is planning to still hope to develop a car that lets drivers do other tasks. So, for example, watch a movie, play games on a freeway, and then you would be alerted with more than enough time when it's time to switch over to manual control. Now, this sounds scary at first, but for anyone who's been in a Tesla, I think it's, we are, let's say in 2026, I think it is more realistic to think that the technology would be more fine-tuned and more accurate with all the data they keep on getting to be able to let you, quite honestly, maybe not pay as much as attention to the road. I mean, we're talking about four years, which is a huge jump. I'm not saying don't pay attention, but there there's going to be different you know, sensors and algorithms and how these things have been trained over time where, yeah, that's the whole holy grail and of getting these cars to be fully autonomous. To me, it's really more about a system that has been teased at CES for at least five or six years where every car has some sort of a chip that is then ultimately connected to a larger cloud network where cars can actually physically see and know where individual cars are in respect to each other beyond just sensors, but they're all kind of, let's say they're plugged or hooked into a network that that can see this all and then maybe can even manage to a certain degree how these cars operate. I mean, that that that's like Disneyland, you know, ride operation almost type thinking, but on the real roads, that that's where we need to get to not you know, closed systems where, yes, Tesla is doing their thing, Rivian is doing their thing, G- GM is doing their thing, Audi and Mercedes and and Nissan and all these other companies. These cars need to be able to see each other and talk to each other on the road to be safer overall. So 
Apple's goal was to offer this level five autonomy, completely self-driving, no pedals, no steering wheel. That's not going to happen. Um, there's been a lot of turnover internally within Apple. And right now, the current leader is Kevin Lynch. You see him a lot of times on the Apple Watch videos when they talk about new features coming to Watch OS or the, the Apple Watch itself. And he's really focused more on practical goals after these kind of big, lofty, dreamy ideas. And, you know, he was also in charge of the Apple Watch Watch is a operating system and the health software. And remember, it was Apple Watch. It was Apple Watch Three Series Three and Watch OS Four, if I if I recall right, where the Apple Watch really transitioned and took off, and they kind of scrapped their earlier plans of what they thought the OS would be, and they really leaned into a more usable and friendly OS, which is now what we get today, and it's been a success. So you know, Kevin Lynch, he's really led the most successful non-iPad, non-iPhone, non-Mac product really during Tim Cook's reign at Apple and his time at Apple, right? The the Apple Watch is a product that was birthed when Tim Cook took the helm. It wasn't an SJ product per se, and Kevin Lynch has helped to elevate that. So he's had success internally, and this is the most successful non-kind of flagship product that Apple's had. And it's, again, the best smartphone out there today, even if it's just only on Apple's platform. Now, with this new uh, self-driving car that Apple's working on, the heart of their technology here, according to the report, is a powerful onboard computer system. It's codenamed Denali, after the named after the tallest mountain peak in North America. So it has a custom array of sensors. This is a combination of LiDAR sensors, of cameras, as well as um, radar sensors. So they're using this kind of triple threat within their own system to help the car determine its own location, see driving lanes, and also assess how far it is from other objects and people. So Tesla right now, they rely on cameras while companies like Apple and even Google, or I guess you call it Alphabet's Waymo, they're using a combination of sensors. So it's really this onboard computer that is equal to about four of Apple's highest end Mac chips combined with their silicon engineering group, and then using all these sensors to achieve, you know, basically a supercomputer in a car. And Apple may or may not scale it down before the cars launch to help lower the costs. But that's what will be kind of the brains running inside this car. According to Bloomberg's report, um, in addition to the onboard hardware, the system itself has a cloud-based component for some artificial intelligence processing. Apple's going to be relying on Amazon Web Services for hosting and communicating with this. This is going to cost Apple about $125 million per year. But if you think about this, that's just a sliver of what is roughly $1 billion that the company is spending on the car project annually. Annually. So remember, this has been waiting in the wings for a while. It's shifted. It turned it from a autonomous car system to maybe being part of maps or UIs for other cars Maybe it's going to be a car. Then it was going to be a self-driving car with no pedals and steering wheel. Now it's going to be really a smart car that is more aligned with what we see today, but Apple's own vision and way of it. It's not going to be a revolutionary car, but it will be a car that is current with the modern times and with Apple's hooks and processing power. Initially, they had hoped to sell 
the cars for more than $120,000, but now Apple's aiming to offer a vehicle for less than $100,000, according to the sources that are stated in the article. So that would put it roughly in the same price range as somewhere around um, an entry-level Model S from Tesla, and then also you have the Mercedes-Benz EQS. The thing that I'm also curious about is, remember, Apple showed us the future of CarPlay and how it could be integrated into other car manufacturers that are using uh, displays for their dash. When we saw it, we like instantly felt that would be the best version inside an Apple car, just the polish, the look and feel, the tight integration. So maybe that is a sneak peek of what we'll see whenever this Apple car in 2026 comes out. Now, the report also says Apple hasn't yet settled on a design for the car. Remember, earlier on, they were kind of trying to make it almost like a, I don't want to say like a lounge car, but it was <laughs> it was emulating this idea from, um, there's a company called Canoe Inc., and if you haven't looked it up, C-A-N-O-O, and they have this lifestyle vehicle that kind of looks like a, I don't know, like a car lounge cabin. And so the idea from Apple was to have like a limousine-like interior where passengers could face each other, could talk to each other, could socialize, kind of like straight out of Star Wars. But now the plan is to do more of a traditional car with the driver's seat. Uh, You know, this is, again, a project that is going to be way, way down the road. Apple had talked about licensing their platforms before to other companies. We'd heard rumors about, I think at one time a Nissan exec said that they were working with Apple and it was like, no, no, that's not happening. But the design of this car is being led by Ulrich Kranz. He's the ex-chief exec officer of Canoe, that car company. So it's worth looking them up to kind of see how they're thinking and maybe how, when you know what Apple's aesthetic is, where these lines could blur and merge. The software side of this system for this new Apple car is led by former Tesla manager, Stuart Bowers, while safety, engineering, testing, and regulatory matters are handled by ex-Ford Motor Company executive, Desi Ushkashvek. So there's a lot of people, players in the industry that have experience with this working on Apple's car. I... I can only imagine how daunting this task is just because the direction of this project has changed, I think, three or four or five times during all the times we've heard about it. So I think this is a really, you know, this is more of an uphill battle than people might think because everyone expects Apple's polish to come across, but this is the first time they've ever done a car, right? Remember the first time they did an Apple Watch, which was just this little small device on your wrist. It took them three years before I felt like it was a, an actually a viable product that I felt like, yes, I will wear this on my wrist on a regular. This is a car, y'all. It's it's a lot more complex. So we'll see where it goes from here and what happens. Also, in a quick story that just recently happened, Tim Cook was recently in Arizona at the announcement of TSMC's investment in the state because... U.S.-based TMC factories are being constructed in Arizona, according to CNBC, and that would mean that Apple will be producing, or not Apple, TSMC, the manufacturer of all the chips that are used in iPhones, iPads, Macs, and other devices, would be produced here in the U.S. Now, Currently, they're made and produced, manufactured primarily in Taiwan, but they're building, TSMC is building two factories in Arizona, 
and Apple is setting to move more manufacturing to the U.S., TSMC plans to spend $40 billion with the first plant to open in 2024. So that's like a year away, basically, or maybe more, depending on when in 2024, let's say a a year and a half or so. And the second one is planned to open in 2026. Now, one of TSMC's factories in Arizona specifically will be producing four nanometer chips when it opens in 2024. That's currently the technology with current Apple products. TSMC is expected to make 20,000 wafers per month, and Apple will use about a third of that output. And then in the future, the report says that TSMC will use the factory to manufacture even some of their more advanced three nanometer chips, which means uh, more power efficient, more also delivering more power performance. And these would be coming, and Apple would be purchasing those chips from TSMC in the US. So not only was Cook at the announcement, but also U.S. President Joe Biden, um, because they're all obviously promoting products made in America. And that that's kind of a big deal when you think about it. I don't know what the cost breaks are, but for them to purchase directly and it to be manufactured in the U.S., more jobs. I mean, everyone's going to think, oh, these things are cost so much more. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. How, how much will it drive their prices up? Or because they already have pretty high margins, will we, it'll be something that we just don't see. But that's what's been going on in the news, really the two big stories, the future of the Apple car, and then TSMC, Apple's partner in manufacturing chips for legitimately, I would say what, today, nearly 90% of their products are building production factories in Arizona. Pretty sweet. All right, let's give a big thanks again to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Hey, if you're a fan of it, we know that sushi is incredible. I ate a lot of sushi in Hawaii, but uh, I did not touch gas station sushi. No, not so much because finding the right sushi, it makes all the difference. And that same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you're heard, even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place. Now on ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, mole, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. Now ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find and book doctors with a few taps, find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who just gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com to find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, whether they need to find and book a quality doctor. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. So go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits to download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash AppleBits, ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the iPhone, and we're talking about the current iPhone. We're not going to talk about like iPhone 15 or iPhone 16 or some of that crazy stuff, because iOS 16.1, that was released back in September, it offered support for live activities and third-party apps. Now, some of you might have forgotten about this, because I think this is going to be one of the the big, big things that are kind of part of iOS 16 that are going to help me a lot, and this allows, you know, 
iPhone users to be able to kind of track real-time events, whether it's a sports game score, a food delivery, or even a car pickup service or rideshare service right on your lock screen. Now, we know that live activities are displayed in the dynamic island um, at the top on the iPhone 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. But in June, right, Apple, they previewed it, showing support for like Uber and Starbucks and Nike Run Club. But we're actually still waiting for these apps to roll out this functionality. And I love the idea of this kind of living and breathing lock screen because we have the always on display, which we're going to talk about in a second. But with a live activity, you can see like kind of a, imagine seeing the, one of those little notification bubbles that shows a dotted line of how how close your car is to pick you up and how much time is there. Sports scores, obviously I'm a big sports junkie. I want to see that as well. Um, that's That kind of makes this phone feel more alive. And so right now, there are, companies are expecting to support live activities, but they have not flipped the switch just yet. But it does appear that specifically Uber and Uber Eats are now preparing to support live activities. Both of these apps were updated in November, and there is now a, a live activity toggle in the menus of the settings in in their apps. But the feature, it's not yet functional for public use yet, but maybe they're doing some testing internally. So all I'm saying is that it is a sign of things moving forward. I, the thing about these products now is a lot of times when we review them, when you get them a week or two and you review them, you can review some things, but a lot of this software stuff that continues to evolve. I mean, we've seen Apple roll out software updates two months, three months, my voice just cracked, six months, even a year later. And it does change how the device works, which is a great thing, but it also can change how you review it. So we're just gonna wait very patiently. Um, there's some third-party apps that are pretty popular. There's Flighty for flight tracking, um, FootMob for World Cup scores, there's City Mapper for public transit. So there are some that are out there, but you know, there's even Apple TV app that will support live activities for select sports games, but that's gonna happen in iOS 16.2. That's still in the beta. So we're just we're we're waiting. I mean, it's almost been six months and I feel like ugh, to me. When you tease a feature like that, it it should be ready beef within six months. Otherwise, just save it and tease it for later. I mean, you get to a year. Now we're talking about uh, not iOS 16.2. We're talking about iOS 17. I can't remember now off the top of my head because it's been so long. There was a feature that I feel like they turned on maybe two or three weeks before WWDC of this year that had been promised the year before. I don't know if this is going to be one of those but it might. Also, in iOS 16.2's beta, this has happened for a while, but I kind of want to talk about, I mentioned the always-on display, right? This living and breathing screen. I still like the fact that I see my wallpaper dim down. Now, a lot of people, because Apple, quite honestly, did a pretty good job with it, like, they don't like seeing it and they feel like their phone is still on. Some people complain that their power drain was more and they turn off the always-on display. I really don't know how much I tried it for a little bit and it didn't feel like it significantly changed uh, my battery. If I, I still feel like when I start using my phone a lot, the battery drains a lot. And when I don't, <laughs> it doesn't. Er, duh. And every day can be different, right? Every day is a different day. Well, the iOS 16.2 beta now gives you an option with always on display to make the display black while still showing the widgets 
which is exactly basically how Android has handled it for years. And I think people's brains process it better. And this, I don't know if live activities is going to be part of this, uh, if they will show if you turn your display black or not. My assumption is that they won't, but I think they should. So this is going to be kind of a constantly evolving thing of how it manages it. But right now, if you don't like, I know there's a lot of people out there like, oh, it looks like my phone is still on when it's not actually on and it, especially late at night because it looks so bright. I actually like it. Um, that if you want to turn it black, you will have that option in iOS 16.2 and it's in the beta right now. Okay, we have another story here and I just want to preface this as this kind of feels like a story that you'd find on your local news on TV, but I'm going to talk about it because I think it's uh, it could get a little overblown, but it is still important. Apple is being sued by two women after their exes have used AirTags to stalk them. So they're facing Apple is facing a federal, sorry, a lawsuit in federal court in San Francisco, specifically by two women. One of them claims that her ex-boyfriend was using an AirTag to track her without her consent. Uh, the report says that the boyfriend planted an AirTag in the wheel well of her car and was able to find out where she had moved. She was she had moved away from him to avoid him already harassing her, but. He planted that in her wheel well so they could find out where she ended up going. So that was one issue. In the other lawsuit, another woman said that her estranged husband tracked her movements by putting an air tag in her child's backpack. So what these two lawsuits are saying is that um, Apple's safeguards are inadequate. And when you see this headline, oh, Air tags are so bad, and we already knew that there were stalking uh, concerns with air tags. Apple put in a lot more uh, precautions in place. Like if an air tag is moving with you, that's not yours. It would show up on your phone. Maybe you you swipe and clear that notification. You don't. You're like ah, whatever. I think also, you know, I'm not trying to. This is not this. I don't know if this is controversial or not, but you can't sue someone for like attacking you with a knife and the knife isn't responsible for that. I just think that, look, people that want to do bad things are going to do bad things. And Apple's going to put as many precautions in place as they can. If the, if Apple really wants to be serious about this, if an AirTag is tracking you that should not be that you, that does not belong to you, um, it should just instantly start beeping really loud so you can hear it so you can know exactly where it is like audibly and maybe you can find it and then you know twist it to turn take out the battery if you even know how to do that or destroy it or somehow disable it but you know these these new products have created new problems but i think overall the majority of people that use air tags have probably found uh more positive benefits and it's always a few baddies what do we call them a few bad apples we're going to try and screw this up for everyone. So Apple addressed this concerns with AirTags specifically for unwanted tracking. They did a software update um, back in February of 2021. Um, so we'll see where this goes. I, I've got to imagine that this these lawsuits don't go anywhere. I mean, it is scary for these women, obviously, but I don't, I don't know if filing a lawsuit against Apple is the solution. And for anyone that's familiar with restraining orders, they don't really do much because they can tell someone to stay away from someone. Um, a lot of times restraining orders don't really do much. It's just there and a crazy person is going to do crazy things when they want to. 
bad apples gonna be bad apples. So I'll follow up and let this story play out and see what happens over time. Hopefully we'll find out. And it gets reported. All right, just some two quick stories, fun stuff. Hey, if you live in Finland, Norway, and Sweden, and also South Africa, guess what, y'all? And I know there's people that listen to this globally. I see the metrics. And I know some of you from these countries listen to this podcast, which I'm so thankful for. The HomePod Mini will be available in Finland, Norway, and Sweden from t- on Tuesday, December the 13th. Apple announced it officially via press release. That's kind of exciting for people that have never been able to use a HomePod Mini. For me, I'm not a HomePod Mini guy. I, I went in with the real, the big, the real deal HomePods. I love my HomePod. I didn't love the price at the time, but the HomePod sounds incredible. The HomePod Mini is nice, but it just kind of sounds like eh, and it's plugged into the ecosystem. Regular HomePod, still worth it. Again, Apple doesn't sell them anymore. They discontinued them. Um, Apple also says the HomePod Mini is coming to South Africa a little later, starting December 19th. So Finland, Norway, Sweden, you're going to get HomePod Mini availability December 13th. South Africa, you're going to get it December 19th. Just looking out for y'all. And then a surprise announcement from Apple. My favorite announcement of the week. I mean, the week isn't even over yet. Apple Music is adding a karaoke experience or karaoke experience with Apple Music Sing. I repeat, Apple is introducing Apple Music Sing, a new feature in Apple Music that lets users sing their favorite songs and they can adjust the vocals and more. I have wanted a professional karaoke system for the longest time. And now Apple's kind of integrating it within the the Apple Music. Is this real? So remember, Apple has like their real-time lyrics. So they're going to kind of leverage this. They're going to utilize those real-time lyrics and allow users to sing their favorite songs with these adjustable vocals, background vocals. And there's even a duet view to allow more than one singer. So you can control a song's vocal levels. You can either sing with the original artist. You can take the lead and get rid of the original artist vocals or mix it up on millions of songs in the Apple Music catalog. You get the real-time lyrics so you can see them. They're animated with lyrics that dance to the rhythm of the vocals. Background vocals, those are lines sung simultaneously. They can animate independently from the vocals to make it easier to follow. And then Duet View allows multiple vocalists to show on opposite sides of the screen to make duets or multi-singer tracks easy to sing along to. I need to see this in action. I'm getting really excited. I'm not sure. Are you using your iPhone as the mic? Or are you just singing? Are you just singing into air? Or do you get that cool reverb effect that makes you sound professional when really you aren't that professional, but still can make you sound a lot better than you do, kind of like BTZ's music videos? So as part of this new feature, Apple Music will debut over 50 new playlists. Focus on <laughs> all these songs that you can sing along to um, and have been, what they say, compelling people around the world to sing. Uh, is there going to be like a, a mic adapter that I can plug in and use Wi-Fi to sing? Like, we need some sort of microphone to complement this. Will there be the Apple Music mic? Magic mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Apple needs a magic mic. Sometimes these things just come up right like right, right in the moment. <laughs> okay, Apple Music Sing, available on iPhone, iPad, and the new Apple TV 4K. Skirt! Okay, hold up. Did you see that? 
the new Apple TV 4K. So from what I've seen, what I'm interpreting this is, is that only the new Apple TV 4K that just came out in 2022 will be able to use Apple Music Sing. Uh, You're telling me that Apple Music Sing requires the A15 Bionic to use it? Come on now, we know that ain't true. That's a bad Apple. What? Are you guys really gonna do that? I mean, there's so many people that have a current Apple TV 4K that don't really need to upgrade. Really? You're leaving out so many people. I hope that maybe they kind of bring it back and say, okay, fine, we'll support at least the 2021 Apple TV 4K. At least do that, guys and gals. Come on. Anyways, I still really think the feature is cool. I got to see it in action. And will there be an Apple Magic mic? That remains to be seen. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. First of all, big thanks to our Patreon supporters at the $100 Platinum Apple level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your incredible support, and thank you to all of you who continue to support my content at every level. Uh, you make this happen. This year has been a great year. It's been a busy year. It's been a fun year. We, like I look at it as we, we've been able to do a lot of things like because of you all, Freaking, I got an interview with Tim Cook. I mean, who knows what's what's in store for 2023? Uh, I do know I'll be hosting CES 2023, so hopefully all you tech fans out there that are in the industry can watch along. Uh, I'll be in Vegas for that whole week, so uh, I might be a little light on content that week as well, but I think you'd all understand. But there's a lot of good perspectives that come from it because... That's what's happening in the tech world. And then you can kind of match it up with what Apple's doing and thinking. It's always, I mean, I love CES. I always wanted to do it. I always wanted to go as a kid. Um, it was Comdex at the time and then it turned to CES. But, you know, to be able to host it again, it's freaking amazing. And again, I credit you all for supporting me and allowing me to keep on doing this. I, that doesn't happen without you all. So I really feel connected to you all. So thanks again for all that. But everyone, take care, be safe. That's it for this week. We'll be back here. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.